0: All right, everybody, uh, it's time to talk about The Good Place. Welcome back from our little uh, Good Place break, uh, season break, I guess you could say. Mid-season, I think they call it mid-season, three-quarter season break. Uh, uh, so this is episode 11, season three, The Book of Dogs. Uh, you could tell me, tell me, tell me who wrote The Book of Dogs, uh, uh, let's see what my handwriting says. Holy forking shirt balls. Uh, something I can't say. Power proven Malay squeezel Quizzle. Uh, Eleanor definitely is the one who says, oh, previously. Then Eleanor says holy for- for- forking shirt balls. Oh, it was quick. My note says quick. It was a quick previously. It goes right into the episode. There's smiles. Uh, Tahani says very carpeted. The wall-to-wall carpeting they had. Uh, Jason mentions go-karts being driven by monkeys. So go-karts being driven by monkeys in sunglasses and Hawaiian shirts. Uh, That's what Jason expects in The Good Place. Uh, Michael tells everybody to take a deep breath. And uh, Eleanor says it smells like Typhoon Falls here. And he says, yeah, it smells like whatever... uh, Mm, whatever makes you happy, I think it was whatever smells make you make you happy or something. Chidi uh, says, "Oh wait, smells like warm pretzels." No, uh, like absolute moral truce. Uh, some uh, similar smells. Uh, Janice says, uh, "Billy Bortles holding a Super Bowl trophy, talking to Dan Patrick." Uh, I would all to my best friend Jason Mendoza, also weed. Uh, he says. Uh, and, of course, Tahani says it smells like the closing of a curtain between first class and economy. She uses economy. I think that's what everybody uses now because, you say they have economy and then they you, you realize, you like, see, well, well, now when you buy a ticket to an airplane, it actually wobbles like, you say. well, is it a negatively charged ion or a positively charged one? You say, oh, no, no, you get the ticket that for regular people? No, no, that's economy negative. Economy less. Uh, economy light. That's what they could use. They say, yeah, it's economy light. Uh, also, pay you're going to have to pay me in economy plus tickets if you want to use economy light or coach light. I like that. I think that's, that would, I'd feel less than that than saying, well, if it's not plus, I just got like uh because they say, no, 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 you don't have economy either. There's economy plus. There's economy. And then there's economy within the realm of non-business travelers uh, by, like, by paying their own tickets. And I say, okay, anyway, got to get back to this episode. Uh, uh, mail Depot, mail, then I said mail from heaven. This is interesting to me. I don't really have time to look into it, but uh, a lot of correspondence going on in the good place. Which, I guess it would make sense. They would send each other a lot of notes. Uh, Janet, no follow on it and keep a low profile. Though Janet makes it so no one could follow them. They say we got to keep a low profile. It opens, chapter 37. Cover story. You're a neutral Janet. This is Michael. You, the rest you won a contest. Uh, really, really... Uh, then there's a funny. Uh, this uh, is a really mature episode. They say uh, they make jokes. They say because they say, "Well, we could pretend we're refugees from the bad place. That's the truth, actually. We don't need to pretend." And Jason says, "What kind of messed up place would turn away refugees?" And Michael says, "Well, they never break the rules here." And then we see our favorite, my favorite, you know, you want to talk about the book and Nicole's. I got a lot of favorite Nicole's out there, including some listeners to the podcast. Uh, uh, but one of my favorite Nicole's, I actually spent the holiday watching her with my daughter, M- Nicole Beyer, uh, And she says, w- what, I mean, really lights up the screen and she says, what the heck is going on in there? And she goes, are those the sweet tones? Oh, no, I said that. Are those sweet tones, Nicole Byer? She didn't say that. Uh, then I put uni, uni, uniform, maybe? Lots of lies, unfortunately. Uh, Jason's crushing the jokes as usual. I think her name's Gwendolyn. It is Gwendolyn. Uh, G's Louise, she says. You're in the postal service. Uh, winged horse or a Pegasus uh, on um, a patch for the Good Place Postal Services. They also have a sidearm patch with three stars and then a bar and then three, two stars. Uh, neutral Janet, she says, end of statement. Won a contest. They say, why are they here? They put actually one C O F S. That must be Drew's shorthand for contest. Uh, corner Place. Uh, Curtain fan paper brought to speed like a hat. Uh, Let's see if I can distribute 500 trillion miles north, south, north of here. That's where the main office is. A door to goods uh, ward contest. McGuire. Let's see what this is. Corner space fun paper. What does that say? Fan paper. Rot sped like a hat. Uh, this is really like... A, sometime, I wonder if, uh, like, a, maybe I could try communicating with uh, AI, because this is the kind of stuff when you say, hey, can you translate what I'm saying? I honestly don't know any of this. says corner space, curtain, fan, fun paper. Rot uh, sped like a hat. I mean, I'm watching... Uh, Gwendolyn and Michael talk at five minutes in the episode or so. Chidi and uh, Eleanor have a long convo, so maybe it was about that. Uh, I don't know, 500 trillion miles, because he's like, I want to meet with the council. Maybe that's a correspondence council. Right, let's move on. Newest to, to contest Maguire Oh, Weird Contest Magazine. That was good. I liked that. The place they're in, it's a house, though, and it looks like the kind of house you'd go to on an old homes tour or like a bed and breakfast where you'd say, okay, this probably doesn't have a hot tub, but it might have, I don't know. I never, like a an older, uh, like maybe 1800s style house, I don't know, would, would kind of for like stylistically, kind of stylistically I wouldn't be comfortable in. Or, what does that say? Or swearing Eleanor wants out for sure. This was a claim I didn't have time to investigate. That four Oreos are two inches thick. Uh, oh, two inches thick. Yeah, that would be probably correct. Uh, I, was saying, I guess I was picturing one inch. Uh, so that means one Oreo is a half inch. Totally makes sense. I'm sorry, Eleanor, for ever even doubting that. That's definitely correct. Uh, this is a great quote Four Oreos away from heaven. I'm here with you. Deep breath. Uh, that's what she says. Uh, Michael kind of plays Gwendolyn. I don't know if I was comfortable with that. Uh, he's in his blue and lavender, you know, he's in the, uh, the bad place. Michael outfit, oddly enough. Uh, she Gwendolyn says, what a fun thought experiment, uh, a correspondence center. That's what my notes earlier must have been. That I couldn't read. Michael may still uses the phone without permission. Says I'm going to meet me at the t-, He calls the council. Says meet me at the top floor of a correspondence center. Uh, Tahani had a g- some great comedic moments too. She says, Jason, you look. You seem thoughtful. There's a little bit of a subtle physical humor, and she leans in uh and then he says yeah i kind of sort of read janet's diary that's how it feels it's an awkward moment uh and then he kind of talks to janet about it he says i was looking for rollerblades uh and she says neutral janets don't have feelings end of conversation and she has to say that more than once uh michael facing self-taught oh so michael's kind of trying to do some positive self-talk uh and then the five-sided thing, like an igloo-like thing comes in. And I looked it up. I think it's, I'll have the correct to name of it when I do the research part. But it was like a five-sided cube. I think that's a tetrahedron or something. Uh, but it's, I think it has one other, pentapenta, I don't know. Yeah, it's a penta, tetrapentra petra, petrahedron or something. Uh, but it has thumbs-ups on it, uh. And then, if you couldn't get more, one more thing, uh, Paul Shear appears. Well, I hope I don't forget to talk about Paul Shear and Venn diagrams because I didn't write that down. Michael was holding the book of Doug's. I didn't do my Paul Shear research, but it, m- most of this is just, impre- I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. Yeah, uh, Let me get through the episode. I'll try to cross my fingers here. Uh, thank you, uh, they say, super nice, uh, something, uh, everyone focus up, I like to add, fresh, pe- we need some fresh peaches, uh, they say, well, pool, pool lots are in season, uh, so we could get, get a bunch of them, as many as we can handle, it's the whole council, there's uh, six people on the council, uh, jimmy. Oh, then we go to Eleanor, who's trying to Jimmy the lock. Uh, the only thing to have, I can't get the lock undone. Oh, because I didn't. I missed this. There's a door uh, straight to the good place, but humans can't open it. Uh, they have to go through that door. There's 500 trillion miles to the main entrance, north, uh, south, north of there. Uh, cheaty proposes. I just noticed not to quibble, but Paul Shear does not have a fleece vest on, he has a down vest on. He does have uh, DAD jeans on. This is but this is the character, not the real Paul Shear. Uh, then uh, uh, says, What do we have our first date? Uh, Four Oreos Away from Paradise, that's another, I guess that was the second time that was stated in a different way. Uh, Michael Prank, oh, he makes a presentation to the council. Uh, and at first, really, this episode is so mature, I'm not even kidding you. It really where shows the depth of The Good Place uh, as a production. Uh, he says the only explanation is a bad place rigged to the system. Uh, someone probably cool, hard-rammed uh, about tower types. Oh, uh, no, he says, uh, they say, oh, people at the good place are awful. And he goes, no, some of them are probably cool, handsome, man-about-town types. Uh, then they say, we're going to talk. And they say, Kellen is going to shower you with uh, compliments. Uh says, you got some great gravitas going, Michael. Then we go down and everybody's sorting mail, uh, and Gwendolyn says, how did you two, how did you two meet, she Tahani and Jason, since they're married ostensibly, and again, the advanced level of Jason's jokes, uh, he says, we met in brain school and we, we got married because nothing mattered, uh, he delivered it, but he actually delivered the lines, uh, are all humans as attractive as you two? Uh, Tani goes, you know, no, no definitely not. Uh, uh, Janet, you know, this is not easy. So in Janet Tahani talks, she goes, you know, I'm not sure where, uh, these are new emotions for me. I don't want them coming out my butt. Uh, then we're back at First Date Central where they're using flashlights as a candle. Or, uh, uh, cheated it does uh then Eleanor has a champagne bottle, which is Gwendolyn's, and the note was said, Dear Gwendolyn, uh, here's some champagne for thanking me for thanking you, for thanking me, for thanking you, for thanking me uh, for giving you champagne. And then Jason, or then Chidi's G- not on screen, and he goes, okay, and I got one more surprise for you. And uh, let's see. They think... Uh, what does Eleanor say? Holy forking fork! Uh, I think that's what she said. Cheaty's a sexy mailman. At first, I thought Cheezy had just had no shirt on because I, I, when the first time I saw him without a shirt, I said, "Holy fork!" Actually, I said, "Holy friggin' forking Cheezy's chest!" Uh, uh, and yeah, shirtless Cheezy. That's when I determined the uh, shirtless cheaty, But uh, this time, he's clothes. He has shorts on, you know, show off his calves and stuff. Uh, his arms are showing because he has short sleeves. He's dressed as a sexy mailman. Eleanor is a little, uh, SAD, you know, because of the situationally. Uh, then, um, council says, we're going to take decisive action. We're going to form a team to look into it. So more we won't take more than 400 years to select uh, team members. A uh, term nowish is used, uh, there's a great podcast called Soonish, uh, that you should check out, uh, my, my, someone I know named Wade, uh, makes Cindy a really great guy too. Uh, where the good, oh, they say, we're the good guys. We can't just uh, do stuff. Uh, because Michael says, we got to do it soonish, uh, or nowish. Uh, and then they talk about a moran- memorandum. It's in Kellen says, here, here. Uh, and then they say, Kellen, did you file a here, here memorandum? And he goes, no, I, I, I rescind my here-here and resign effective immediately. Uh, this it, it, is so good. Then uh, we're back uh, in the mail room. They didn't realize how well they did this, uh, this closed location thing. So I mean, they used different rooms, uh, so it probably wasn't easy to shoot. But uh, uh, how much it, like went on in, in just uh, inside this one uh, mail depot? Uh, We have uh, Tahani, uh, Jason, and Janet, and uh, Tahani says, here's a uh, big farm did us part, uh, so we're no longer fake married. Uh, Then uh, Tahani uses this term, vexed, which I love. No, vexed, though. I didn't say vexed. We got vexed. We got got DASA vexed. Never mind misfire. Uh, t- 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 tears taste like nacho cheese. I don't know if those are Janet's tears or Tahani, Tahani's tears. Oh, no, those are uh, Eleanor's tears. A lot of tears, but no fears. Uh, this was all mostly positive crying. Uh, what it it is, nay, don't worry. Oh, what if we don't worry, Uh GD says uh, to um Eleanor. There is only one time that matters uh, that is important now. It's a Tolstoy quote that Eleanor recognizes from, uh, like, it wasn't a Rihanna, uh, like, uh, Instagram, but something. I don't know. And she says, I got to quote one more person that Scoots loves to quote, too. You got to try. Eleanor Shellstrop, 2018. And then it's hilarious. Eleanor says, you know what? I got to try. And she puts her el- 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 eyebrows up. Uh, and It's really funny. There's a lot of back and forth uh, uh, time. eyebrow It was eyebrow up time. If you're catching my eyebrows going up. Uh, oh, also in the meeting room with Michael and the council, there was lots of rugs in there. If they had returned. Michael called them dorks in fleece vests. Uh, I guess he did. he probably meant it metaphorically, though. He talks about the bad place. He's gonna, you know, Tahani says, you know, I got some other unrelated stuff. Uh, Michael, says, this isn't a good time. Uh, uh, unrelated question. There's a great face on that uh, that, that moment. Uh, uh, then he says, she she says, well, Michael says he kind of loses his stack, and then she says, Michael, I need some help. He says, she goes, how do you make Jason happy? And he she, she goes, you give him a lollipop shaped like a transformer. And uh, then Tahani uh, kind of talks about Jesus had these unintended consequences to well-intentioned actions. And that's when the light bulb goes off over Michael's head because he goes, light bulb going off over my head. We got the whole, it's not just one, dug. We got this whole book of Dougs. So then he opens up the Douglas Weingar, and it's a DXX like some symbols eighty nine or something. Uh, these are some of my notes. So yeah, twelve roses. He gives twelve roses to his grandmother as a birthday gift. It's talking about his point totals. Uh, final, my handwriting. Final Alfred Al Paint Test. Uh, it's it's uh, he gets plus one hundred forty five. Oh, final attributed point total, uh, plus 145.11918 points. uh, Then it breaks it down, like, what are the positive impacts? Gift thoughtful, well-intentioned, plus 44.191. Gift received well, plus 31.046. Roses gathered personally, 31.487. Uh, rose, roses uh, transported with minimal environmental impact plus twenty seven point zero zero three roses uh, located on private land or public yeah, private land ten point six six three top relevant point subtractions uh result decrease uh, to natural beauty of the surrounding area negative point three one three uh, slight negative impact on local bees, negative three point something. Uh, I think I'm, I'm watching it right now. This is the other. This is the other one. We'll get to Douglas Ewing here. Uh, also, I would say that this Douglas Weingar was born in 15. Or this happened in 1537 in Hawkehurst, England. Uh, then we bounce over to Douglas Ewing from Skaggsville, Maryland, uh, 14th of July, 2009. It was at eighteen twenty two oh two 02 local time. And it's the same thing. His case number is like D, a couple of numbers, dash 94. He also has like a identifying from fire number. I don't want to give it out, though, you know, just in case. Uh, I don't want you spoofing Douglas Ewing's, uh, you know, good place passport. Uh, but here we go. He uh, gave 12 roses to his grandmother's as a birthday gift, but his final attrib- attrib- uh, attributed point was 4.03368. And you might say, Scooch, gosh, goodness, why? And I'd say, Well, I'll tell you why, actually. The, if, uh, the original, the positive additions were a g- g- the gift was thoughtful and well intentioned 41.189. And the gift was well-received, received Uh, received well, grandmother was happy, Uh, plus uh, 31.846. So right up to around 73 points. But then it starts to plummet uh, uh, because of the negative impacts. uh, And really the summary of the episode, uh, roses were purchased with smartphone, environmental impact, wages, labor, trade, which you can see on Appendix uh, N42 w 91 uh, uh, for related smartphone issues. It's a negative 62.487. Uh, roses are artificially grown, you know, growing environment, pest stuff. Uh, you can also see a uh, prior report on flora fauna. Uh, cited sub, uh, also see work of accounts, uh, uh, Gary, Lisa, and others uh, regarding soil degradation. Western Hemisphere, free trade of decorative flowers, that's negative 45.008 points. Uh, workforce, where the roses came from, that's negative 33.073. Yeah, really, uh, uh, you know, there's uh, it a... It a point zero zero nine deduction for 1.5% of the total costs used to pay uh, even, you know, there's just like a really... Uh, uh, transportation impact was 12.285. Uh, uh, the celebrity, uh, or the store where he bought them, that person was, uh, not, not great. Let's see. Well, let me see what the little details are. Uh, yeah. Fenderbreck's flowers. Uh, the guy's just not uh, Derek Fenderbrecht. Uh yeah, Man, Derek's do not do well on this show. Um, yeah, so that was just a, that was a, like, a little in-depth look at the Michael's charts. Uh, Michael's excited. He says, Jesus, it's not the bad place. Uh, the, every day, the world gets a little more complicated, and being a good person gets a little bit harder because all these impacts we have. This is just the truth. Uh, the, we really use cognitive dissonance to get around, or at least I do. Uh, get the others. We have a lot to do. And then Tahani says, but you didn't really deal with my thing, which I think is even an extra, you know, little bonus on the joke. Uh, but then she gives a wonderful apology to Janet. In summary, she says, I'm sorry, and I love you both very much. Uh, uh, Janet cries, Tahani cries. Uh, also something. Oh, also she's, Tahani's crying about the carpeting. Uh, Jason cries uh, to be a part of things. uh like Stan. What does that mean? Like something. Oh, like Stan. Like, he, he, he does have a bit of a Laurel and Hardy in him. Like Stanny, Uh He cries a bit like Stan in a good way. Uh, Rose it up. Uh, what is it? Rose it up. That's what it says. Uh, there's something. I have uh, turn into Jade, doorman. Oh, the ruse is up. Uh, I think that's what I put uh uh, cause Gwendolyn, the truth comes out, uh, and Gwendolyn says, I gotta turn you into the judge. Uh, Mike says, I already contacted the judge, uh, the bo- doorman shows up. He says, hey, frog man, the judge will meet you at IHOP, uh, in something, the good place, huh? Uh, and then he says, oh, this is a good place, huh? He goes, it smells like frogs. Cool. Let's go. And they go, IHOP, uh. What do, you, what do you mean, I hop? Uh, Jason says, that's tight. And then uh, 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 Michael says, no, it's the international hole of pancakes. Not great, uh, but we got to go there to save humanity. And then Cheaty still dresses as a sexy mailman. He says, uh, do you mind if I go change first? <laughs> he goes, they go, no. No. Uh, which just really added one more button. So I thought, you <laughs> just thought that was hilarious. And then uh, there's a long wave goodbye from Gwendolyn, which is just really uh, great. So, and that's how the episode comes to a close. Uh, so that was good. So let's just see what came up for me uh, in this episode, right? Uh, the book of ducks. You know, first thing I said is who wrote the book? Who wrote the book of love? Uh, but who wrote the book, you know, who, who wrote the book of love, literally, uh, the song, uh, and the book of love also titled who wrote the book of love, uh, originally by the monotones, uh, and it was written by three members of that group, Warren Davis, George Malone, and Charles Patrick, uh, lead singer, Charles Patrick, this is from Wikipedia, heard a Pepsodent uh, commercial with the line, wonder where the yellow went, uh. And that's where the idea I wonder 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 who who wrote the book of love uh and they started uh d- doing it. They also got an idea from a kid kicking a ball in a garage when they were rehearsing. And as far as fifty songs go, that's actually a fifty song I actually like. Uh and also oddly enough, Shanana and I performed that song at uh, Woodstock uh so that's it's pretty cool the tie ins. Okay, wall to wall. Oh, wait, I got to go back. I'll talk about wall to wall carpet and then I'll talk about Paul Paul Shear for a little bit. Uh, Not facts, just good good stuff, though. I mean, you don't need facts. Okay, so fitted carpet uh, or wall to wall carpet, you you know, everybody's probably experienced it. It kind of is baffling uh, its ubiquitousness uh, because it is so. You say, what in the heck were we thinking? And then you said, well, then you go, well, it's convenient. You know, so you go back and forth on it. Uh it was intended to cover a floor entirely, uh, used with the use of a power stretcher. they didn't know that. Uh, uh fitted carpets were originally woven to the specific area they were covering. Later they were made in small strips around the time stair carpet became popular. My car my stairs do have actually I have walled wall carpet in my I didn't real- i just realized that i'm sitting a wall well i mean i didn't have anything to do with it because i live in an apartment but uh it's kind conc- the floors that are here are concrete so it couldn't have it had a carpet i guess uh uh carpets were held in place by individually nailed tanks i can't believe i just totally got burned by myself uh i was literally thinking uh i, I don't know what sometimes were as humans were so hilarious uh It was the introduction of a tack strip or a smooth edge that simplified the installation of wall-to-wall carpeting, increasing the neatness of the finish at the wall. Uh, Because the gripper strips are essentially the same thickness as the underlay, uh, they yield a level edge, whereas tacking used to give it an uneven edge. Uh, And there's three sides, loop, uh, loop pile, cut carpet, and structured carpet. I think I have structured carpet. Very popular in the 60s. Uh, thanks to colorful prints, most carpets uh, took a decorative appearance inside of houses. Uh, one of the most famous carpets was given by Louis the Fourteenth to George Washington, and it's in Mount Vernon where you can still see it today. So... Uh, yeah, and there's a bit different, there's just a little bit on Wikipedia about that. Okay, so I want to talk about Paul Shear a little bit, who's an actor, and I didn't have time to Google anything, so this is more of a, this is just something I use when I'm talking about why I love podcasting, and I don't think I ever got good at explaining it. Like, I like to talk about Paul Shear, is a great example of uh, how Venn diagrams work in podcasting, and how... uh Podcasting just makes you like people even more, and and if you like someone, where you kind of have a, a a positive disposition to them by consuming, like getting to know them more on podcasts. Uh, you, I guess I really am botching this, but here's here's my history with Paul Shear. So he was like first he came on my radar because he was on, uh, like a, he's he's on a fantasy football show, which of course I can't think of the name of it right now. You I know, I would only catch that show occasionally, but he said, I like this person. And then uh, it came this moment in my life with Paul Shear. I'll never forget it. Uh, one of the great moments for me of just seeing someone shine on TV, like in an improv way. He was on a, a TV show called The Talking Big Farm Show about when people, it, it's like about a popular TV show. Where people go to the big farm, but if their bodies stay here running around and doing stuff. Uh, it's called the Walking Big Farm. And this shows the Talking Big Farm where they talk about the episodes. Usually they have some celebrities on there. And it's one episode they had Paul on, right? And it's right after the show, so it's pretty close to live to tape. Uh, and they usually have a couch, so they have a guest from the show and then a, like a celebrity guest like Paul. Or Mr. Shear, I guess, uh, and he was sitting there in the second seat. Uh, anyway, like kind of like a, like just a, you know being funny, being himself, talking about how much he loved the show, talking about the episode, and they went to commercial break. Now, when the people are there, they're they're mic'd either uh, with lav mics or the boom mics. I, I'm not sure, but they came back from the commercial, and Paul was holding a microphone and it was just really strange like it just couldn't help but note you see with, like I said to myself was he holding a microphone when they before they went to commercial and instead of ignoring it they addressed it and the host Chris Chris was like uh, hey Paul uh, you you know yeah, we, your mic went out or whatever so and then he did like literally like about 4 milliseconds of fake stand up uh, but it was just it was just just such a, a hilarity to me it was a very hilarious moment where he was kind of saying yes, and it was just really good. I don't know if it's on, it's probably somewhere out there. And that went for me, I guess this doesn't have anything to do with, it does have to do with podcast, kind of. Uh, but it went for me kind of like being aware of Paul Shear, liking him, uh, to loving him. I said, I love this man now. That one moment, I said, I love this man. If I could embrace him, I would. And then I started becoming. Oh, I said, wait a second, he's really involved in podcasts. And then I would listen to him on podcasts, and like not just uh, the podcast he's on, uh, which is with another good place with the original Derek from the Good Place. Uh, How did this get made? Uh, but so uh, I don't know. I started listening to him as guests on podcasts, and uh, then I realized the show he was on was called The League. And it's always nice to see him in other projects, like recently, or last year, he was in the Disasters Artist, which was just, he was great in that, and it was just nice to see him. Uh, and it, so, I guess I was already rooting for him with that tiny moment on the, the Big Farm after show. Uh, so, I don't know what my, I guess my point was more, oh, like, uh, I guess my point is with podcasters, when I try to talk to people about, Jesus, it's kind of scary making a podcast. You don't know if anybody's going to listen or anything. I think about uh, the world of people that, 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 that consume stuff, like comedy stuff. Then you think about the world, the Venn diagram of people who know who Paul Shear is. I, I was once just that. That was my, I was within that uh, diagram, but I wasn't in the people who find, who find, who call Paul Shear their beloved. Maybe that's a strong thing. Or people that consume, Shearers, I think, but that might get mixed up with Harry Shearer. Uh, But that's like another like circle within that thing, and like uh, I moved into that circle. Uh, I think it's like the more you get to know somebody, I don't know, never know what. No wonder this wasn't a speech. It's like uh, the, the deeper into that circle you go, but then you also have to look at the overlap. Like you might say, in my case, I didn't know Jason Mantzoukas, uh until I crossed over into Shearsville. and then I said, "Oh, who is this a wonderful and hilarious person?" And in this case, you say, "Well, they have Nicole Byer. I have nailed it uh, now. A good place. A uh, good place is its own Venn diagram. Hopefully, we'll bring it to new people into Nicole's projects, uh, which would be cool." So I think that was my point about all that stuff. Uh, okay, let's get on to our notes here. Okay, so where were we? Fitted carpet. Oh, um, well, let's talk about sports night because Jason Patrick or Dan Patrick came up. Uh, and I watched a couple seasons of West Wing recently, and it really reminded me of the brilliance of Aaron Sorkin's writing. And I said, I remember watching Sports Night, uh, but I have never rewatched it. Uh, so it might be worth checking out. It was an American television series about a fictional sports show called Sports Night, very similar to Sports Center, uh, but mostly on the behind the scenes uh, things, according to Wikipedia, friendship pitfalls and ethical issues of people trying to, go, to make a good show with network pressure. It was a half hour uh, comedy drama. It was on ABC for two seasons. It says here 45 episodes. Uh, uh, Robert Guillaume was uh, like the manager. I mean, there you go. That's a reason enough to watch it. It gets better. Felicity Huffman, uh, Peter Krause, or Peter Krause, I always forget which one it is. Uh, Josh Charles, uh, who's someone I like, uh, adore too. Uh, Sabrina Lloyd, Joshua Molina from the West Wing. Uh, also, William H. Macy, Brenda Strong were on it, and even the, the late great Penny Marshall. Uh, so, really, like a, like a, it was just a really funny, well-written show and well-performed. Uh, uh, so, worth checking out. I don't know, maybe I'll try to c- catch a couple episodes. Uh, it says, although the first season is a sitcom uh kind of second season maybe starts to become something more like the west wing and then another short of lived se- series that i watched uh, studio 60 on the sunset strip uh so definitely if if it's in your radar check it out who is dan patrick let's see real quick according to wikipedia american sportscaster radio personality and actor from mason ohio uh, host the dan patrick show on radio, works on uh, uh, football night in America. Is senior writer for Sports Illustrated. Worked at ESPN for eighteen years. Uh, on the especially on the Sunday eleven p.m. edition. Uh, uh, yeah, just just in case, because I say some people. Uh, Dan Patrick and Keith Olbermann are usually mentioned together as kind of the people who kind of helped uh, uh Sports Center. become maybe what it is today and that kind of the uh, sports night was kind of a tribute like I i don't know not a tribute to them but uh, influenced by them okay what about a pentatetrahedron that's what i was trying to say earlier which is a polyhedron with five sides or faces uh uh, one one should know that i'm probably wrong no actually it's not that's not what i was talking about though because uh it doesn't look anything like it uh There's a third topological polyhedral figure with five faces, uh, a a hosohedrion. I don't know. I think what would it be if it was a a, a, a cube made, a dice made of tetra, like maybe it has more than five sides. Uh, Because what is a pentahedron is either a square pyramid or a triangular prism, which wasn't on this episode. So I guess I was wrong there, but that's fine. You, you know, an octopetrahedron is what I may be talking about. Uh, yeah. Oh, what about, uh, where's this note here? Uh, that's, oh, Tales of Typhoon Lagoon. Uh, the Typhoon Lagoon's in Disney World. Uh, Typhoon Falls was a place in Arizona. Eleanor was referring to. Uh, this is from allyears.net uh, by Jim Korkus. Uh, it was in the January 17th, 2012 issue, number four 643 of all years. And I'll just kind of basically, this is a history of it. Uh, uh, Disney's first water park opened in 1976. That was River Country. It was the first completely themed water park. Uh, then uh, they said, hey, let's... Uh, Let's build another water park. Uh, uh, Okay, this is a lot of this This is about river country, which is interesting too. Uh, Typhoon Lagoon opened June 1st, 1989, across the street from Pleasure Island. Uh, It was home to the world's largest outdoor surf pool, not just a wave pool, the article says. Uh, According to the backstory, Disney Imagineers uh, said uh, a a storm uh, came through. And swept here to typhoon lagoon uh, and uh, left uh uh took the small placid palms resort and made it into a uh uh oh it, it did it created all the wave things uh and a lot of the theming lucky inhabitants uh, used their not great fortune to transform placid palms into the leaning palms resort. Uh, referencing the fact that some of the remaining palm trees were, uh, uprooted. The local residents rebuilt their town best they could, uh, using found objects, uh, upon entering Typhoon Lagoon, according to, uh, Randy Bright, guests find themselves in a ramshackle, tin-roofed island village, landscaped with cargo, surfboard, and other marine stuff. Uh, originally it was called Splash, uh, named after the Touchstone movie, uh, let's see, the entrance is, uh, you know, I've, I've been here with my, I went here with my daughter, we had a lot of fun, uh, uh, Tilly, the main hallmark says the Typhoon Lagoon is Mount Mayday, and up there is Miss Tilly, and, and she shoots water out of her roof, uh. Every once in a while, every 30 minutes, according to this, 50 feet in the air. And in 2005, they added the Crush and Gusher, uh, uh, old fruit washing and packing plant, uh, and that has these really cool rides. You, I, I did an episode about it where Ray talks about all this. Uh, he really liked visiting there. Uh, let's see, we'll cover Pluot, uh, which are PL is spelled, just in case you play Scrabble or something, P L U O T. I, I couldn't spell it, uh, uh, pluots, apriums, apriplums, and plumcots are some of the hybrids between uh, the prunus species. I've been called a prunus species before uh, that are also interspecific plums, uh, where plumcots and apriplums are first-generation hybrids between a plum parent and an apricot. Pluots and apriplums are later generations, uh, Blue outs are later generation of a hybrid that are genetically one fourth apricot and three fourths plum. Didn't know that. Uh, the exterior has a smooth skin like a plum. Uh, yeah, that's about it. I enjoy those. Uh, oh, I'm going to link to this article. I, I tweeted it out on New Year's. Uh, it's from the New York Times. Uh, what is glitter? It's by Katie Weaver. I'm not going to even try to get into this article. It's just so well written. And so interesting. is from uh, December 21st, 2018. What is glitter in the New York Times? Read it. You'll really enjoy it. Uh, and I know, like, a lot of craft people have strong opinions on glitter. That's totally cool. Uh, what about gravitas? Let's get some SAT words in here. Uh, gravitas, G-R-A-V-I-T-A-S, is one of the Roman virtues. Uh, appreciated in leaders, uh, it is uh, translated variously as weight, serious n- dignity, importance, uh, pronunciation. It connotes a, a certain d- substance or depth of personality. Uh, also conveys a sense of responsibility and commitment to the task. Uh, in the British education system, this is all according to Wikipedia. Gravitas is seen as a pillars of the moral formation. Uh, this was during Victorian and Edward Edwardian eras. Uh, So it's Gravitas. Uh, Here's another one, Vexed. It's it's pronounced with a V, but uh, V-E-X-E-D. Vexed can be annoyed, irritated, distressed, uh, uh, or much debated, discussed, or disputed. uh. So just just a word I love, Vexed. (laughs) No comment. And here, here. You say, where, where, here, here is an expression used as a short, repeated form of "hear them. It represents a listener's agreement with a point being made by the speaker. It was originally an imperative uh, for directing attention to speakers and has since been used, according to Oxford English Dictionary, as a regular form of cheering in the House of Commons with many pers- purposes, uh... Is uses use in Parliament is linked to the fact that applause is normally forbidden in the House of Commons and the House of Lords. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, that's Wikipedia too. Also linked to an article about the Royal Mail. It's pretty long. Uh, which was a postal service and courier company in, uh, established in the UK in 1516. Uh, it used to be private, I mean, a public uh, service, uh, and now it's a public limited company uh, when it became, uh, you know, following the uh, 2011, 2013. Uh, maybe, maybe it's not. Uh, it's this uh, the UK government initially had a 30% stake. Uh, it can be traced to Henry VIII, uh, who established a master of posts, uh, which was renamed Postmaster General in 1710. Uh, this is kind a of, link to the article, but I was really thinking about It's like uh, when you think about democracy, uh, I was just really thinking this week about thank goodness for the ability to send letters for a buck or whatever it costs now. Uh, I don't know. And especially when it's not, I mean, this is just my preference, I guess, uh, as a public benefit. Uh, it does feel like... Uh, if it costs everybody the same and it's like a really inexpensive, uh, that's an important thing, at least to me. So I'm glad uh, Henry VIII. Uh, I don't know if that was the first one, probably not. Uh, so yeah, you should. But that's so that's a little bit of what came up on the show tonight. Uh, thanks so much for listening and good night.